So, a Jewish rabbi, a Muslim imam, and a Christian preacher walk into a podcast. It sounds like a joke, but it's really a friendship. I am Omar Shaheed, Imam of Masjid Salam. I am Rabbi Jonathan Case of Beth Shalom Synagogue. And I am Reverend Ellen Fowler Skidmore of Forest Lake Presbyterian Church. All of us gathered today in Columbia, South Carolina, to welcome you to our podcast, Abraham's Table. The last time we were together, we talked about the spiritual disciplines that our faiths teach and encourage us to practice. And we had such an energetic and creative discussion that we agreed to revisit the topic of spiritual disciplines. We realize there is so much that we do not understand or know about the spiritual disciplines taught by other faiths. So today we sit together to learn more about what the Muslim faith says is the shape and practice of a life that honors God. Well, uh, we, uh, we talked about uh, the different uh, rituals and the different uh, spiritual expressions. Islam is, uh, as you know, is established upon principles, principles of faith, uh, and principles of practice. I would like to, if I can, talk about Ramadan, mm-hmm. because uh, Ramadan is coming for us around April the 2nd or April the 3rd. We begin the month of Ramadan fasting. God tells us in the Quran, he says, All you who believe, this is in chapter 2, verse 183, and I'll read 185. It says, All you who believe, fasting is prescribed to you, as it was prescribed to those before you, as a guide to mankind, also clear signs for guidance and judgment between right and wrong. So every one of you who is present at his home during that month, suspended in fasting. Okay. So let me make a couple observations here from the verses that I read for explanation. It, first of all, it, it tells us that fasting is ordained for us. But and Muslim, by ordained, you mean commanded? Yes. Uh, for Muslims, you know, prescribed. But it was prescribed to those before us. Now, speaking in terms of Scripture, those immediately uh, before us would be the Jewish communities and the Christian community. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's connection for us. Uh, yeah. We all fast. Yes. I read that uh, you have the fasting of Moses and you have the fasting of Jesus. Now, whether Moses fasted or not, they say he was in the wilderness for, or Moses was out for, what, 120 days or something like that, or 40 it, days? It was supposed to, according to legend, be on top of Mount Sinai for 40 days 40 without days. eating or, yes. or drinking. And I want to question you on that, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. And so we see a connection, not only with Scripture, but also with the practice, uh, one of the practice, one of the pillars of our religion. So God tells us that fasting was ordained or written or commanded. But it, it's, it's something to know that as we connect as, at Abraham's table, this is a connection for us, as you mentioned earlier, Fasting is mentioned in your scriptures. And also it means, God says that we will uh, develop what is called 
or perhaps we may develop what is called tukwa. Now, the English translation, the translator gives it self-restraint. The Quranic word is tukwa, and uh, tukwa, it means respecting those things that God has ordered us to respect. First of all, we are to respect our relationship with Almighty God, that we are the servants. All of us are servants of God. That means that we are to obey the commands of God. So we are, we are to obey whatever God has ordered us to obey. And so God tells us that we come to a level of consciousness where we will put God first. And I was reading your scriptures, and, uh, and it says that we should love God. You're, the, you're cheating and reading our scriptures yeah, too? Yeah, because it's connecting <laughs> with our scriptures. <laughs> uh, our scriptures uh, are connecting. Yeah. Know. So it says, you should love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. So we want to have God as the first and uppermost focus for us. We're fasting because God has commanded us or ordained for us to fast. So fat, now the, the next point is, it says Ramadan is the month in which we sent down the Quran. And this is very, very important because as fasting has been ordered as a religious duty to aid in subduing lust and in keeping appetites channeled within reasonable bounds in order that we may avoid being enslaved by impetuous impropriety making uh, decisions or making uh, or doing things improper or doing things that are uh, what we call incorrect as it relates to what God has commanded us. Would okay. you say to, to stop doing sinful things? Does the Muslim That's the bottom line. Use, that uses that word <laughs> yes. as do ours. Yes. And it's funny. I was thinking the same thought at the, when you read that, when you talked about that. Yes. Yeah. So it says Ramadan is the month in which we sent down the Quran, okay? So every one of you who is, who is present at his home or present or witnessed the sighting of the new moon, then we are to fast. And so revelation to Muhammad began in the month of Ramadan. It began in the month of Ramadan. So the month is called itself by the name of Ramadan. Or Ramadan. And it begins as soon as somebody sees the new moon? Sha'aban is the eighth month. Like we have July. Then the sighting, what is called Hilal, is a slither. As soon as that is sighted, then Ramadan begins. So it's a lunar calendar, like the Jewish calendar. Yes, yes, you know, so following much, the moon. So the Christian calendar does, we're uh, split personality on this. We have some lunar, but also some Roman calendar mm -hmm. pieces. But is Ramadan, when you say a month, I thought it was 40 days. No, 30 29 to 30 days. 29 to 30 Because following the, the lunar calendar, we advance, or we would be somewhat, I think, 11 to 12 days different from the Gregorian calendar. Gotcha. Okay? So what happens is, as soon as the month begins, then we are to begin fasting. So really, the month began at sunset, okay? Mm -hmm. So the, the next day is the first day of fasting. So Ramadan, the first Night begins, but then the first day of fasting is the following day. So Ramadan begins with the sunset. Yes. But you don't fast until the sun rises. Right. right. Before the sun rises, we get up and eat a light breakfast, and uh, we make the morning prayer, and then we go all day without eating or drinking or allowing anything to go down. That, it's the drinking part that gets me. No water. No water. No liquid. Yeah. 
No are, food. Are there exceptions to the rule? Yes, there are exceptions. And let me read something that I have. I put, I put it down so it'll keep me on point. <laughs> <laughs> the exceptions, and that's the beautiful part about it, is that the Quran, Allah says if you are ill or on a journey, you're traveling, you're exempted. Hmm. Okay? So it's very, very important to, uh, to know that that could also entail the mo- uh, woman when she comes on her monthly cycle, she's exempted from, uh, from the fasting. And also the mother who is uh, pregnant, and maybe or maybe feeding the child, or carrying the child, she's exempt. If you're old, uh, you're infirm, or you can't meet the requirements, or you have some kind of chronic sickness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, those who have to uh, miss days and they're not chronically sick, then they have to make those days up at a later time. So that means that they have until before the next Ramadan to finish. Uh, or to make days up that are missed. And that's very, very important. So if you, ha- if you are in circumstances beyond your control, then you are exempted. But once you get things uh, established where you're back in, in control of your situation, then you are to fast. Okay. And who makes that decision? Do you have to go to an imam to no. find out? God says in the Quran, or God says to Muhammad, one of his sayings, God says fasting is for me. And I will give reward for it, give you a reward for it. So it's a relationship, a connection between the individual and his God, his Lord. Mm-hmm. No one knows whether you're fasting or not because during the month we can rinse our mouth, during the day we can rinse our mouth out to pray. If, because, you know, you, if part of the ritual is that you rinse your mouth, rinse your mouth you wash your nose and you, your face. And you can, if you're not honest, you can take a swallow of water. <laughs> <laughs> I won't know it. <laughs> God knows it. Right. So that's a, 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 a connection with God. And it's so precious that it's really nobody else's business. <laughs> that's how beautiful it is. But God knows. And you, can't, you can may, maybe fool yourself or others, but you can't fool God. So it's very, very important to know that what happens, not only now, are we not to eat or drink? We are not to quarrel? No, my wife loves it during that time. <laughs> okay, you can't. And, and you're not to do uh, with your spouse. There's no sexual relationship. All this is during the daytime. You are not to be loud and uh, boisterous, if I can use that term. You are to focus also on reading the Quran, extra prayers at night, uh, but you also have to continue to go to work or go to school. You have to keep up your obligations to society. But you'll find that the person who's fasting becomes very, very, uh, I won't say submissive, I say very humble during that time because now you're concentrating on God, you're concentrating on, you're more focused, okay? So the inner person becomes more alive the spiritual side. And then you're talking to yourself. I sometimes talk to myself when my stomach starts growling. I say, just wait. <laughs> oh, okay, wait until the sun sets. So what is happening, usually when my stomach growls, I go to get something to eat or to get something to drink. So now I'm disciplining myself. I'm telling myself, no, I'll feed you when God said that I could 
feed you, and that's a sunset. So what is happening, I'm bringing more of my desires and my appetites under my control, which means that I should be able to make more intelligent choices, and uh, it helps the spiritual growth is there. Because reading the Quran, we try to read one thirtieth, uh, one thirtieth of the Quran each day. So that means in thirty sections of the Quran, that's how it's divided. We will complete the whole reading of the Quran. So it's a spiritual exercise there, and also at night we have prayers. Now we have a small group that will come out at night. We will come out and break the fast together. At sunset, we could break it at home, or we could break it on a job, or we could break it at the mosque. So at sunset, we have, that's when we eat what is called breakfast. <laughs> but it only consists of maybe a date, a couple of dates, and some water, or milk, something natural. Once we break the fast, we, but before we break the fast, we say, in God, we believe, in God, we put our trust, and with your provision, I'm breaking this fast. Now we're conscious that what we're eating, it has come from God. Then we say, Bismillah, with God's name, and we eat to break the fast. After we break the fast, right away we say, I intend to fast tomorrow <laughs> for the sake of God. We, we want to say right away, make the intention to fast. Then we make our prayer, which is called the sunset prayer, and then we'll come back and we'll eat together, socialize together. Sometime the first 10 days we will eat at home with our families. Then we go to the mosque and eat with the community. And the last 10 days, we, we mix it up. But we try to, the men would try to go to the mosque. And every night, there's what we call extra prayer. At some mosques, they will recite one thirtieth of the Quran each night. Due to the work schedule in school, we try to recite at least a portion of the Quran. And so we will then uh, go home, get some rest, get up the next morning before the sun rises and eat like uh, breakfast. Now, I want to say this very quickly. There's a night called Laylatul Qadr. It's the night of power that the Quran uh, is said to have begun uh, the revelation to Muhammad by the angel Jibreel. He was 40 years old. And that night, we look for it in the last 10 days of Ramadan because we don't know exactly which night it was. Each odd night, we, we will look for that. But really, Muslims kind of focus on the 27th and that night. We will stay we would break the fast at, at sunset. We would have the light breakfast. We would have the sunset prayer. We would go into the mosque and we would begin to read the Quran. We begin to make prayers, extra prayers, the night prayer. And we would stay at the masjid all night. Those of us who don't have to go to work or have made arrangements to have that next day off, we would stay up all night looking for that called the night of power. And what do you do then? Yeah, what do you we're do? We're reading, on? we're praying. I don't think the Holy Ghost comes. <laughs> That's no, 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 no. But, but the feeling when you engage like that, when you concentrate like that, oh, it's such a, a wonderful feeling. Something happens when you do that. that there's no way you can. And, and the experiences that I've had, I've enjoyed just being refreshed. So you're awake all night long reading the Quran, reading Quran, praying. praying, discussing. Okay, you know we try to keep each other awake. Into that. Yeah, and yeah, especially that, and uh, always uh, reading the Quran, making prayers, and uh, talking and discussing. And so what, it's very informative. What percentage of your very small folks percentage can do that? that <laughs> very would... small percentage. Uh, we have sometimes we have maybe 15, 20, 30, but 
sometimes 15 or 20 because yeah. people have to work. Yeah. And uh, it's very taxing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of us who have the time, we can spend time like that. But yeah. we have to keep up our obligations in this society. Make it, uh, one brother was telling me he came from Saudi Arabia. And, you know, the culture works with them in Saudi Arabia because they... They go to sleep right after the prayer in the morning, and they'll sleep maybe at 9 o'clock and get up and go to work maybe 10 o'clock, and they, they'll get off earlier. But here, <laughs> the culture doesn't work for us like that. So we have to balance it. Mm-hmm. And so we do as much as we can. But the main thing is the intense focus, you know. And you know about that. Once you give yourself, uh, you're going to feel something as an uh, enlightenment good spiritual boost, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what Ramadan comes and brings to us. I've got a load of questions. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with the most obvious one. Does the word Ramadan mean anything? It means heat and burning. It comes from the word which means heat and burning. And it was connected with the, the hot sand burning, the, the feet of the animal, and what it is connected with is the burning in the heat. It's like burning in, in, in the inside, burning the, the old sinful nature and the, <laughs> and the old dross, you know, that has come into your life, burning out that, that, those things that, have, that corrupt your thinking and corrupt your mind, and it gives you a renewed sense of, of focus. So the physical piece connects with the spiritual that's a, piece. That's a beautiful image. Of, of burning out all of the, uh, the sinfulness, yeah. the, the pain. Impurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a physical question to ask you. Yes. So I imagine as you go into Ramadan and you're fasting all day long, it's very difficult. But I also imagine as it progresses in Ramadan, it must get somewhat easier as you go into a rhythm of fasting and then eating after sunset. Oh, yes. Because you remember I was telling... There is something has come into Islamic knowledge. Uh, we can't, we don't know whether we can attribute, attribute it back to the Prophet or not. But he, it said that the beginning of Ramadan, the first third is what we call mercy, because you you're apt to make a mistake, meaning that we're coming out of habits, <laughs> uh, habits of eating, habits of drinking, and we go into Ramadan, and we that habit may catch us. But God won't hold us accountable for anything that we. Don't do consciously. Okay, that's that's our belief. So if I put something in my mouth, I realize, uh oh, I, I put some water in my mouth. I put, then I stop right there. I haven't broken my fast. Okay, because the first getting used to it, getting uh, what, what they call adjusted, <laughs> you have to make a mistake. The second third is uh, forgiveness, because now you seem to have a little bit better control. But you see how weak you were in the beginning. And so it makes you more humble because now you realize that God is often forgiven, often so merciful and forgiven. And if you want forgiveness, you should be forgiven to others. So that's a spiritual boost that's continued to go. And I want to just share one more point. And then the next third, they say, uh, is freedom from hellfire. You feel like you got it made. You know, it seems so easy then. I go around people who they say, well, I got to go to a restaurant. Can you meet me there? Okay, no problem. Well, it's not going to bother you? No, it's not. <laughs> Why? Because there's a level of control. We progress to a level of control. Someone said it takes about 20 days or so to break a habit or something like that. That's what I heard. But anyway, you, you see that now it has become much easier. 
the prayers, the reading of the Quran, the focus on God, the focus on your life, focus on your family and society, it becomes much easier. I heard some people say, well, I'll just continue this all year round. Hmm. No, it doesn't happen that way. (laughs) You know, that makes me think about a quote from one of my favorite Christian authors, C.S. Lewis, who was a British Christian author. He talked about uh, self-control, and he, he has a little piece called Rats in the Cellar, and he says, if you, if you suspect you have rats in the cellar, how do you figure out? <laughs> well, you don't go to the top of the steps and flick on the light and crash the pans and walk down calling the rats, because if you do that, they have time to hide. But if you want to know if you have rats in the cellar, you walk down very quietly and you flick the lights on when you're in the bottom, and that then you'll see the rats scatter. It says if, if people, if somebody comes up and I snap at them, And I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not a mean person. You just caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. He said, no, you shouldn't say that. They just showed you that you have rats in the cellar. You just discover (laughs) what it is so it makes you humble. And that's my experience with fasting. How quickly I get grumpy when I'm hungry is Mm -hmm. disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the length of time. We're talking about 29 or 30 days. So it's a very intense time. And the spiritual development is very beautiful. The physical development, because you're constantly watching for prayer and you're constantly being conscious of that. So, but also some side benefits, which is not the purpose we fast, is to give your system time to cleanse, cleanse itself. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. said fasting helps your digestion and other things of that nature. Is there a difference between what's required of men and women for Ramadan? No. No, only difference is it's doing the monthly uh, or if time, they're, or if they're pregnant or feeding a yeah. child. Yeah, she's exempted from fasting. That. Regularly throughout the rest of the year, you're not required unless you're making up days. But you Muslims do observe certain dietary restrictions. Yes, no. Yes, you know the biggest prohibition is pork. Pork. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think and you, you, you're on that same line, aren't you? Yeah, we are on this, pretty much the same page there. Yeah. And then alcohol. Alcohol is a, is a prohibition for us because God tells us in the Quran that Satan uses it to distract you from the remembrance of God. So Muslims, alcohol, we, we, we avoid that. Now, I, I can't take, well, put it like this. The believer does. Mm-hmm. I once told somebody a Muslim doesn't drink. <laughs> I saw a drunk Muslim after that, so mm-hmm. I don't tell anybody mm-hmm. that Muslims will not drink. I said that the believer will not. Mm-hmm. The believer will not drink alcohol. So alcohol, uh, no. Mm-hmm. It's a prohibition for us. Now, that's through understanding that the Quran says that, uh, Allah says that Satan uses it mm-hmm. as a tool to get us away from the remembrance of God. I could say amen to that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we, but we can eat the, the, the Jewish, the community, the kosher. We can eat your food. Is pork the only? Well, not, not the only one, but not of the sea, God tells us we can eat from the sea. There's nothing really prohibited, although people have some things with, with oysters and the other things of that nature. But... It's not a prohibition for us. Pork is and uh, meat that dies of itself. Any meat where uh, some other name other than God has been pronounced on it, uh, that's prohibited. But What does that mean? Meaning, now, 
Do you say anything for the kosher? Is there anything said over the before they before slaughtered you the slaughtered? Yeah, there was a prayer. Yeah. Okay, so we pray to the same God, so that's no problem. Before the animal's killed, or yes. But are there specific? So, you, if you were going to go to the grocery store and buy meat for your for the meal after sunset, it would be kosher. Well, halal or kosher. Halal or kosher. But okay. we can also eat the eat your meat too. Your okay. chicken, the way it's slaughtered, the yeah. animal, the way it's slaughtered. But really. Because we don't really have any meat, and we don't say any prayers other than right before we eat it. Right. But the the draining of the yeah. blood is right. very, very important. So what it's called halal. But we can eat each other's uh, food, but not the pork. The pork is the main, and uh, the byproducts from pork huh. uh, prohibited for us. So the word halal means the blood has been drained? It means it's lawful. Lawful. Lawful okay. to us. What does kosher mean? Um appropriate or fit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, so, so Ramadan for us is a, is a month of uh, obedience, a month of purity, obedience to God, and uh, purifying our spirit. Okay? Yeah, we are about out of time, and we both probably have a boatload of questions. More um, like a shipload. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I give you the essentials. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I hope I've gone over the essentials. And again, it's a, a connection for us. Right. Yes, a connection for us. I think we need more of this. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I can think of lots of connections to make. Although I will say fasting has fallen out of the Christian tradition in a large part. So I think it's something for exactly the reasons you say, for a, a returning to centering ourselves on God and a humility, a lesson in humility. It's a practice probably the Christian tradition needs to pick back up. All right, we're going to continue some of these conversations, learning more about each other's spiritual disciplines. We want to thank you for joining us at Abraham's Table. This podcast is a labor of love produced by us, Imam Omar Shahid, Rabbi Jonathan Case, and Reverend Ellen Fowler-Skidmore, with indispensable editing and technical guidance from Andy Hayworth, and musical gifts shared with us by Kyle Lovett from his piece, Shofar Worship on Spotify. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments you'd like to share with us, you may email us at abrahamstablesc at gmail.com, abrahamstablesc sc as in south carolina at gmail.com i'm from columbia south carolina we wish you god's peace god's peace omar shaheed saying assalam alaikum god's peace be on you and rabbi jonathan case wishing you the same in hebrew shalom aleichem god's peace